the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We as believers are called to do what again? Proclaim the truth of God's word. To what? A sick and dying world that's living in darkness. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Well, again, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I entitled this message, Proclaiming Truth. Let's pick up and read in 1 Corinthians 14, 23. It says, if therefore the whole church should assemble together and we all speak in tongues and ungifted men or unbelievers come into church, unbelievers come in here all the time. And it's like almost every service, there's some hands that come forward. And that's the fruit of teaching the truth of God's word. And that's exactly what happened here on the day of Pentecost. Remember, there was 3,000 people that came forward. But, But moving on here, we as believers are called to do what again? Proclaim the truth of God's word. To what? A sick and dying world that's living in darkness. So Paul is very blunt here. Why is he so blunt on this subject here? Because there was a real problem that was happening in all these new churches that were starting up with many in the church at Corinth, you know, just like we see still today. For obviously, there were many who just started speaking in tongues during the church service. You know, I've seen this happen many times in my travels. You know, it's like, because every time we go on vacation, me and my wife, we always go to church on Sunday. So it doesn't matter what state we are, what continent we're on, it doesn't matter. It's like, if we're there on Sunday, we're going to a church somewhere. Well, sometimes we find some really good churches. My wife will kind of scope places out and what have you. We were just in uh, Colorado for my grandson's wedding, and we went to this little church there, and it was actually a really good message. I was really encouraged. It was a blessing. But it's not always that way. We went to this church in North Carolina. Uh, We were going to Emerald Island, North Carolina, for a week-long vacation at the beach, and we went to this church uh, right outside of Norfolk, and uh, we walk in, they close the door, place was packed, everyone's speaking in tongues, people are running up and down the aisle, people are wholly dancing in the front, you know, there's streamers, there's tambourines going, I mean, this is a circus, I mean, it's like, my kids are like, they had never seen anything like this, and I'm just like, okay, well, there you go, see, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul, now look, if everyone wants that in that church, it's like, it's unbiblical, but everyone wants it. They want it, but what about the people that walk in that are just like, hey, you know what, man? I need God in my life. You know, I don't know anything about God. There's a church on the corner. Let's just go there. And then they walk in and they see that. They're like, oh my goodness, if this is God, I don't want this. Well, newsflash, that's not God. 
And that's why we have a chapter like this completely devoted to this problem so that churches don't do this. So I can only assume that the churches that do that, they just don't read. They go from chapter 13 to chapter 15. Chapter 14 doesn't even exist to them. Like, how do you deal with this doctrine when you do that? I believe this happens many times because of pride in people. People want to be seen of men. They want to be noticed, you know. Oh, that's brother so-and-so. Oh, look how spiritual he is. You know, in a message you be going, and someone just stand up. And it's like, the heck is that? See, there's one spirit. If the spirit is on the preacher preaching, he's not working through someone else standing up and causing a distraction. See, they want to be seen as spiritual. Yet those who are truly spiritual would never want to be seen. When you're totally, when you are truly spiritual, it's like, don't draw attention to yourself. If God is working in you, you don't want to be seen because it's all Him, right? We want all the glory to go to the Lord, everything to the Lord, all to the Lord. But they want to receive the glory. And when others come into a church, especially unbelievers, and they see weird things, they will wonder, are these people crazy? These people are crazy. They're nuts. Again, when the church meets, we are here as the body of Christ, and we are to meet with true purpose. And that's to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is providing an atmosphere for the proclamation of the Word of God so that it can have its perfect work in each and every one of us. This is why Paul said in verse 24 and 25 that people would be convicted of their sin and fall on their faces, which of course is a sign of repentance and true worship of God. Remember this morning, for those of you that were here in our morning message, we talked about Isaiah. Then he was uh, had the smoking gun of woe, woe to everyone for the first five chapters. But when he got a glimpse of God himself, he fell on his face to God and said, woe is me. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Who am I to have a little vision of God? See, because he was a true man of God. This leads into our points. Doing things orderly underline that doing things orderly okay that's how god wants things done in the church he doesn't want them done disorderly god is a god of order he wants things done orderly first corinthians fourteen thirty two says and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophecies good that's a very important point if god fills you with the spirit he says that spirit is subject to you for god is not a god of confusion but a God of peace, but as in all the churches of the saints. Let the women keep silent in the churches. We're going to talk about this, so ladies don't come unglued here. For for they are not permitted to speak. Ladies, don't speak. Don't you ever speak. When you come into this church, don't speak. No, just kidding. We're going to explain this in a second here. You know, uh, and uh, but let them be subject themselves, just as the law also says. And if they desire to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in the church. Again, there's a reason why he said this. We'll explain this. Verse 36, was it from you that the word of God first went forth, or has it come to you only? If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual 
let him recognize that the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandments. But if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy, to proclaim the truth of God's word, and do not forbid to speak in tongues, but let things be done properly in an orderly manner. And when he says, you know, he like says, look, I don't want you to do tongues in church, but if, if, it, if it does happen like occasionally, he goes on to say in verse 27, 28, it's like, let it be followed by an interpretation. Meaning if God, if there ever was a time for a tongue, there would be the interpretation that would follow. Meaning if there is no interpretation that follows, then that person needs to be silent because God is not speaking to him. So now take special notice of verse 32, 33, and verse 40. It says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Verse 32, 33, and verse 40. It's subject to the prophet. This is God. God is not a God of confusion. And let all things be done properly in an orderly manner. So what this means, it just simply means there is to be no weirdness at all in the church. You should never walk into church and have to deal with weirdness. If any of you ever finally talk someone in that of your work, a coworker, a neighbor, you got to come to my church. You got to check it out. If you ever talk them into that, we will never disappoint you. We will never do something weird, bizarre, crazy, insane where those people are going to leave. Now they might walk out and say. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. Okay, that's fine. But at least you got taught the word of God. You got taught the truth. Let the Holy Spirit soften it in their heart later. But they're not going to walk out, well, that was crazy. It's like that should never happen. First, he says, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Why? Because when someone is doing something weird, many times the first thing they say is this. Well, hey, man, that the spirit came on me. I, I couldn't control myself. I just felt it. It had to come out. Come out. Okay, so that's what they say. This spirit came over me. Know this. The only spirit that was coming over that person was the spirit of weirdness. I was at work, and I just felt like I had to jump up on my desk and preach Jesus to everybody in the name of Jesus. No, that was not the spirit of God. People are going to look at you like you are a madman. You have lost your mind. God will never overpower our own free will. He'll lay things on our heart. He'll speak to us. Hey, I want you to go talk to that person. He'll do that all the time, but he will never overpower you. He will never make you, oh, I've got my handle on my back. Oh, Joe, I've got to tell you about Jesus right now. The spirit is on me. Uh, Joe's looking at you like, bro, you need to go to an insane asylum, okay? God just doesn't do that. Now, the devil will the devil will possess people. And we've seen demon-possessed people. Uh, we're getting the front of the church here painted, and I was looking at them as they were doing the primer coat here. So I was walking in front, and the, this guy, this homeless guy, was walking up the sidewalk, and he was having a full, detailed conversation with somebody. It wasn't me. And I just seen him, and he's you know. And I just, you know, I'm just like, this is a crazy man. Well, This guy's probably demon-possessed. Who knows what's happened in that person's life? So we know that the devil will possess people, but Jesus will never, ever seek out someone and just make them do things. 
Jesus wants willing vessels. He wants you and me to be willing. That we have the privilege of being used by God. That we would recognize that. That's why when God lays on your heart, maybe you should talk to this one co-worker. Hey, maybe you should talk to this person coming out of Ralph's. Hey, maybe you should talk to this person sitting on the bench and you walk by. Uh, no. Well, that's your choice. He won't force you to do it. God is looking for a willing vessel. And there's been times I've listened to that voice and times I haven't. But I can say that most of the time I always listen. I might pass him. I'll turn around and go back and talk to him. And most of the time when that little voice comes in, talk to this person, it's always for a good reason. Man, you'll walk up to some stranger. Hey, and I'll just tell him. It's like, hey, how's it going? And someone's sitting on the bench because you're like, hey, you might think this is really weird, but hey, I'm a Christian, and I just want you to know that I was walking by you, and you know, the Spirit of God, I just felt him touch my heart, and I just want you to know how much God loves you. And then just throw it out there. And I'll tell you so many times, like, wow, I can't believe you said that. Man, I'm sitting here. I don't know what to do. My, my wife just left me. You know, I just had a death in the family. I just got some bad news from the doctor. And then all of a sudden, what do you do at that point? Well, hey, God bless you. See you. No, you, you, you move in at that point. Well, I'm so glad that I had this opportunity. Well, let me, let me ask you, you know, where are you at in your relationship with God? Well, I don't really have one. Well, let me tell you how much Jesus loves you. you know, and it just, you know, it, it just goes on like that. But see, God doesn't force you to do it. He doesn't drag you over there. He lays it on your heart, and he's always looking for the willing vessel to work in and through. You know, one of the reasons we turn the lights off during worship is we want you to worship. We want you to focus on the, the, the worship music. We want you just to kind of get out of your own little world. We want you to forget last week and all that. And we just want you to focus on the Lord. So one of the reasons we turn the lights down is, you know, so you're not looking around like, hey, look at that person. Would they get dressed in the closet with the lights turned off? I mean, you know, it's just, you know, you, that's what happens. We start looking around at other people like, no, 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 just... Just focus on the Lord. We're, we're trying to keep distractions to a minimum. We have a wonderful children's ministry, but a lot of times people want to bring their little kids in here. The little kids, they, 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 don't, they don't understand what's happening, and they're like moving around, they're running up and down the aisles and all of this, and it's like, and, and we try to tell the parents, no, 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 your children, if they're you know under seven, eight years old, they need to go into children's ministry. We have a wonderful children's ministry to teach children on their level. So two-year-olds, you get taught Jesus on a two-year-old level. Three-year-olds, four-year-olds, five-year-olds. And they're in there with other children their same age. They get goodies. Hey, we don't give you goldfish in there, but they get goldfish, okay? They get goodies, they get drawing papers, all these things on their level to teach them about Jesus. Why would you bring your five-year-old or four-year-old in here? Because they're gonna grow up to hate church. I don't get this, this is boring. That guy's boring. And, you know, it's like, let him go and be ministered to in the children's ministry. But people will get offended by that. But we're trying to keep distractions to a minimum. You know, there's other people that want to dance in the spirit. You know, it's like, this, and they'll just start, you know, and they're in the front, and, you know, and they just want to be a free spirit before the Lord and sing worship songs, you know. And you're just like, and everyone, all the heads are like, what the heck are they doing? So no one else is worshiping because you're worshiping in the spirit, okay? So we don't allow that. We'll tell them, you know, you have to sit still. And so people have left here because of that. Take my tambourine and leaving. Okay, well, you know, it's like, okay. 
But that, we don't want to do that here. There was a, a thing in Vancouver where the spirit was moving. People were barking like dogs. And they showed film of it. Like, you know, the, the spirit is moving in Vancouver, Canada. And people are like, ruff, ruff. And I'm like, do you think God is going to express himself like that? I mean, really, it's hilarious, but it's pathetically sad at the same time. God is not going to have people barking like a dog. But getting these people here that do things like that, we tell them to stop. And if they don't stop, well, go find another church because this isn't a church for you. Again, why? Because just like we're taught here, God is not a God of confusion. God is a God of order, meaning we don't want people to think that Christianity is filled with complete and total weirdness. And we all know weirdness. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out weirdness. If something looks weird, it's pretty much weird, right? I mean, it's like, no matter what, we are always to keep the main thing, the main thing. And that, of course, is teaching the truth of the word of God. So whether people are coming into the church or they're talking to us outside of the church, we should always stick to proclaiming the truth of God's word with a loving spirit. Make sure that you're not doing anything strange. And notice in verse 34, he says to women, no talking in church, ladies. Now, here in context, we have to put this in context of this chapter, it's in proclaiming the truth of God's word. Women are not to teach in the church over men. He says in 1 Timothy 2.11, let a woman quietly receive instruction with entire submission, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet. Now, it's amazing to me that most churches that allow the confusion of tongues with no restraints, they also allow women as pastors and teachers in the church. But we must understand This is out of God's will. Again, Paul is bringing order into the church. The churches just now are springing up. It used to just be Jewish synagogues. Now we have the church of the born-again believers, and there has to be order put out here early. We have to understand that in this culture, women were not even allowed to even enter the synagogue. Now, Christianity had brought great freedom to women. Women are now allowed in the church. For back in this day, even up until the last century, women couldn't even vote. They couldn't get a driver's license. So God was establishing freedom for women. God established that he does not love men more than women at all. And thank God for women in the church. I don't even know how many servants we have here but so many of them are women. And we have so many things that are done so well here because women have a sensitivity in their heart to serve the Lord. So women are equal in God's eyes. And God uses both women and men to accomplish his work. And when there's no man to be used, he will use a woman in a heartbeat. And trust me, I have seen God really use his girls God loves his girls. Trust me on this. My wife is an incredible teacher. Now, you ladies that have come out to the women's study, you've heard my wife before. You know, she's an incredible teacher. She has a gift of encouraging other women. I have to be honest. I've sat in a lot of churches, listened to a lot of pastors. 
And to be quite honest, my wife's a better teacher than many of the pastors that I've met, okay? But there's an order in God's church, and he calls men to be the pastors, not women. So it look, it, this is the order that God has set. It doesn't mean that a woman can't teach better than a man because in some cases they do, you know, but God has an order and God has used hundreds, hundreds and thousands of women uh, mightily. When I used to do the SWAT team, that was students with a testimony, an acronym for students with a testimony, and I would take high school and college uh, young people all over the world and preach the gospel. Guess who were the majority of my street witnessing machines? It was girls. Girls that were passionate, that had the word flowing through them, and they would just preach the gospel on the street. And I've had girls lead so many girls to Christ, I, it just beyond count. And so out of all the tons of young men and women, now I had a couple young men that were really awesome street witnessing machines also. Uh, my son-in-law was one of them. You know, many of you have seen him teach. He's the one that went and started the church in you know, Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, he's a street witnessing machine. But out of just the whole, it was a majority of girls. So God uses you ladies incredibly. You know, and again, I've heard many other women that are phenomenal teachers. In fact, there was a time that we were doing this event when I was a pastor at Harvest, and it was called Preach the Word, of all things. And so we had multiple speakers coming in, you know, all the biggest names of, of people that are alive that can preach the word. And, and so you had a series of guys coming in, Charles Swindoll, uh, you know, John MacArthur, you know, just, you know, a lot of different, you know, uh, Bible uh, expositors. And uh, we were doing a split session on this one day, and the split session had, I, I don't know who the guy was speaking, but Anne Graham Lotz, Billy Graham's daughter, she was speaking in the other room to women. <laughs> it's like, so me and Greg, I don't know who the poor guy was that was speaking to the men, but we did the split session. Me and Greg went in to listen to Anne Graham Lotz because she is a phenomenal speaker, you know. So it's like, again, you know, women can be used mightily. One of my wife's favorite authors is Elizabeth Elliot. She was the wife of Jim Elliot, who was killed as a missionary by the Aka Indians. And uh, she went on to be an incredible writer. Anything that you can find on Elizabeth Elliot, as you ladies, is just an incredible author. But, you know, she was a speaker, and I, she was speaking at different things. And I've gone with my wife before to listen to her. So it's like, look, if you're a man and you go in and listen to a woman, that's your choice. It's just God set up in the church that a woman would not teach over a man. But hey, if they're doing something at the convention center, man, go listen, whatever, it won't hurt you. <laughs> Yet this is God's command. It's his order that he has established, and we are to obey what God has commanded. And for those women that think, well, you're just a male chauvinist pig is all you are, understand your complaint is not against me. Your complaint is against God. He's the one that established the order in the church. You cannot change his word to suit your desires to be a pastor. And I've gotten on people's nerves before. I mean, I was at KKLA. They had an intern over there, a wonderful young woman. She's very sweet and everything. She's like, yes, I'm, I'm studying to be a pastor. And I'm like, well, you know, that's unbiblical, right? Oh, you're one of those. I'm like, what? Someone that just teaches the truth of God's word? 
you know. And so anyway, so it, it is what it is. But God is a God of order. And when we submit to his purpose and to his will, then the word of God is proclaimed mightily. People are convicted of their sin. Repentance happens, and people grow in their relationship with God. And again, our motive here at Core Church Los Angeles is to proclaim the truth of God's word. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. So what can we take away here today? Well, I'm sure we could take many things away here, but here's just three of them. Number one, proclaiming the truth of God's word is more important than any gift. Number two, when we meet together as the body of Christ, we should all have the attitude of growing in our relationship with Christ. And number three, God is a God of order. And if there's no order present, then God is probably not present either. Amen. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA all one word to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.